Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network. I am Chris Landry with another edition of the Landry Football Podcast, talking about trade charts. Yes, NFL draft trade charts, uh, dispelling some of the myths that are out there about um, who made the trade charts, how they're done, what they mean, what's their value, and why they're not accurate. But because people are, by and large, lazily and uneducated about the process, they just take it because it's easy to talk about. So <clears throat> we're going to get into it. I've got the further details over at LandryFootball.com on this information and others in the NFL, in college football, the draft, you name it, college football, the NFL, we got it for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of our scouting season offer today. We'll take you through the rest of this scouting season, all the way through next football season. And that's the best deal we got going. If you want to try it out for a month or six months, you can do that as well. Subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast. So the trade chart. There's, and again, a lot of things that are taking Bill Walsh taking credit for the West Coast offense. Well, he did invent the name West Coast offense. <clears throat> the offense, the design of the offense was already developed before Bill Walsh. Bob Schnelker, the Vikings, with the Fran Tarkenton, Chuck Foreman group was doing most of the concepts that Bill Walsh later employed and took credit for. You know, that's just kind of the way it is. Uh, Jimmy Johnson um, is given credit and takes credit for developing the trade chart. Well, he didn't develop it. He didn't have anything to do with it. They hired, he hired a a mathematician that formulated this, that did all the research and came up with the numbers. And of course, you know, no one's going to know the name of that fellow because Jimmy takes credit for it. I think, well, he just, he just read it like everybody else. What he did is it maybe gave some parameters of what he wanted it done. And what it did, it um, it assigned numerical values to the highest picks. And it's been used by a lot of folks. I was in, uh, involved in the NFL before Jimmy Johnson got there. We had a trade chart. Quite frankly, I liked it better than what Jimmy did uh, because it, and I'll get into to why I did, um, so the idea that trade charts were started by Jimmy is just not true. Um, was, I worked with, with them before Jimmy was even in the NFL with the Cowboys. The assigning part of numerical value to draft picks is fine, but the numbers have to be altered alter for a number of reasons. So, and it gives you an idea what the value is. And we had a numerical value and I did it. And I based my chart, I started our chart for us, <clears throat> pardon me. And it took basically every trade for the past 10 years. At that time, 10 years, and I continue to build upon that. And you got to modify it every year and update it every year. But you took every trade. And you, you look at what value was. I also took notes because I knew of every trade discussion that I had had with other teams. 
And I wrote those notes down. And for every trade that's made, there are about a dozen that are not made. And I write that down and I always make notes, good, bad, fair, unfair, whatever. So I had not only trades to go by, but trade offers and knew what I thought was fair or unfair. Now, these are numerical values put on draft picks only, not including ones that have a player. So I took every trade past 10 years and I made a similar chart before Jimmy ever did. Here's the difference between what people and you can find these graph charts on the internet the reason why those to me those trade charts are useless and completely inaccurate is they're not updated when you assign the value numerically to the first pick to the second pick to the fifth pick to the tenth pick to the 25th pick to the 50th pick to the 100th pick the 150 200 250 300 on and on that's based upon generic year after year. What you have to do, in my opinion, and what only makes a draft chart worth anything, is you've got to marry your draft board to a draft chart. For example, how many 7-4 to 7-0 grades do you have? Three? Okay. They, they all have the same grade? Or they're all num numerically those three that you've got in that category, superstar ability, only three in this draft, let's say, then what order would you put them in? And are they all the same? Uh, is one, two of them 7-4, one of them 7-0? Oh, that separates it. That's why we use that. If there's <clears throat> any separation, you stack them. Now, what's the value of them? What's the value of getting that player? So you know where I'm going with it. So the numerical value for the first, second, third pick are pretty close because those players are graded equal. If the fourth through 14th player were with the same grades, well, then four through 14, those numbers will be very close. But there's going to be a significant drop between player three and four or player 14 to 15. Why? Because that's where your grades say they are. I don't give a damn about what some slappy on a website says who's the best player and this is the top 50 and all. That, that's a bunch of crap that people buy into in this fantasy football Well, People don't know their head from their ass about evaluating football players. It's how you grade a player. So where's the cutoff point for each grade criteria? That determines the value of the, of the pick. Because the picks are useless. It's the players you get with the picks. So if I'm going to go up and get a player in the top three, I'm not going to go off of, well, the value should be what it was, you know, in a generic trade chart five years ago, three years ago, last year. It's what it means now. By the same token, I might not pay half of what you would normally pay for the first overall pick. Because who I get with the first overall pick on a given year is going to be different. The value is going to be different. This is what I would call um, a general idea of what a trade chart delineation of what has been done in the past. That's fine. But that's certainly not going to guide me to what I'm going to do on draft day.
on draft day, I'm going to go up and get what I want, the player that I want, and not worry about the chart being a little more, a little less. Because I put the value on the player, and the player value is a lot. So, for example, let's say I've got a guy, and I'll use one, Javon Curse, who I traded up, tried to trade up for. We were picked in 16. He's one of the top three players on our board. Folks, we would have gone up and, and we tried to go up in the top five to get him. And we were willing to pay, you know, the going rate a little bit more. As it went down to he's available at six, seven, eight. Well, then we could say, okay, in the past, this is what the eighth pick was worth monetarily. But this is a player that's ranked third on our board. So you need to look and say, this is what you is truly worth. He's worth this amount of points at the third overall selection because he's the third best player on our board. So we can go and ask for the sixth spot value or the eighth spot value, whatever the case may be, and get them for a bargain. In essence, you may be willing to spend $10,000 for a car. You think it's worth that, but you might offer seventy five hundred or eight thousand, and you might end up negotiating to get it at, you know, nine two, or nine five. Okay, you got the deal. You got a car that for five hundred dollars less than you were willing to spend, but you think is worth ten thousand. So you've got to marry that, and mo people don't know how to do that because everybody. You don't know how to grade players. And a player may have greater value to one team versus another. So it's a general idea. But for people who throw this out, talking head morons that say, oh, they pay too much. Oh, they, you know, they got they got jobbed in the deal. What the hell they're talking about? Never been inside a draft room, never made a trade, don't have a flipping clue what they're talking about. You've got to know more. Uh, that trade chart was created three decades ago. <laughs> but tell me how value, valuable that is. How often do you update a blue book value for cars? But how the hell do you, you mean, you're kidding me? I mean, there's depreciation involved in cars. There are different models of televisions or any electronics. You're telling me that the trade chart is value based on years ago. So the numbers on the trade chart, the concept of the trade chart is great. But the numbers on the trade chart that are currently out there in the unit are they're less than useless because they're they're harmful because they're useless, but there is a belief in them by people who don't know better. So you've got to modify, you've got to update, update it with the you know, when you had a, a different world back then, three decades ago, and when the top half of the first round commanded a just a just a billions and billion dollars of worth of contract for draft picks, were ranked were were uh, were valued differently. Now that's changed with the 2011 collective bargaining agreement. It creates a rookie price scale back then. 
and it affected the compensation in the top half of the first round and moderately affected it at the bottom. But it diminished the value of that old trade chart because it was created 20 years ago prior to that 2011 CBA. You know, guys were guaranteed monstrous deals before playing it down the first pick. For example, in 2007, Jamarcus Russell signed a contract, six years, $668 million deal. One of the highest played players in the NFL. Three years later, the Rams took Sam Bradford number one. Richest, richest rookie deal ever, $76 million deal. That ended with the CBA. Um, by modifying the compensation, especially at the top of end of the first round, the CBA allows teams to spend more on veteran players instead of having to use that money to write off cap charges if they miss the top 15 charts. That was a big deal. And it's got to be factored in the trade chart. Um, and it has been. Um, so that's where it keeps. So the whole thing about, well, the, the first pick is worth 3000 The second pick is worth 2600 The third pick, 2200 BS. Crap. Useless. Wrong. Inaccurate. Useless. It's worse than useless. Because you're putting it out there and you're putting inaccurate information. It's not worth that. It's outdated. The concept is good, but you've got to marry it, A, modify it first to put the value in generic sense, because that is a generic chart. But even the generic chart value pre CBA is nowhere near what the value is post CBA, 2011 CBA. So the generic chart needs to be updated, and it, the ones you see that are not. Uh, there, we'll, we'll give you. You got the updated one. You want to see a true generic chart? Go to landryfootball.com. We've got that for you there. You've got to make that. Then each team, in my opinion, has to take that and marry that to what you think the value is for each pick based upon your draft board. So you got two charts. You've got the one in which the general league thinks versus. Um, what is really valuable to you? I, I, look, I, I wanted to make sure that I had great value on the generic chart because that's maybe what somebody else was using. So I used the generic chart only in regards to the fact that I knew somebody on the other end of the phone was looking at that. But I had my chart based upon what I thought the value was. Um, you know, when you look at, um, there's not a whole lot of difference probably from the second round on, but there is some. Um, you can deviate from it, particularly when you want to go and get somebody that you truly want. It's worth more than what the, the chart says. You're fine. But there are other situations where I wouldn't move, you know, if you gave me twice the value of the chart. Because, again, the picks don't matter. It's the players you get with the picks. Um, you might overpay for a young pass rusher. You might underpay for a guard or safety at the bottom of the round. If you lost out on one or the other, we could find another in the second or third round. We could fluctuate on how you might be willing to move. How bad do you want a guy? You're moving up. You better be moving up for a quarterback. 
You better be moving up for a guy that scores touchdowns in rapid fashion. You better be you better move up for that elite left tackle that's going to protect that great quarterback. You better move up for that great pass rusher. Maybe that elite corner that can shut down half of the field. You better not be moving up for a good guard. Times have changed. The charts outdated. The concept's fine. It wasn't started with Jimmy Johnson, contrary to popular belief. It, it wasn't. Uh, only got credit for it. But <clears throat> it's okay. Whoever did it, and those of us who did it before, we got our own thing. The concept is good. It's been outdated for 20 years. It, at least it's been updated in the league, but not it hasn't been updated in people that put it up on the on the website unless you're a member of landryfootball.com and it is we've got the real what the real value is in terms of generic league value chart but then again modification is imperative hey folks appreciate you joining us uh we're obviously getting you ready for the draft all aspects talking about trade charts talking about players we've done all of that the sleepers the top picks the best overall players Want to see the horizontal draft board, the best players in this draft, 1 to 300. With scouting notes on them all, head on over to LandryFootball.com today. We've got it for you. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. Try it out for a month if you want, whatever is your pleasure. Subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss any of our football shows. Hey, appreciate you joining us. But for now, we bid you adieu. Talk to you next time, everybody.